At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on this Monday, June 12th edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke, back in the saddle after heading home to Cleveland to be in my buddy Nino's wedding. Congratulations to Nino and Lauren on their wedding on Friday night. But back here for Vsin daily baseball bets thank you to Jeff Parles for filling in on Thursday and Friday thanks to Zach Cohen for taking care of looking at these sides and totals on Thursday's card also thank you to Jared Smith doing the yes no first run or yes no first inning run article on Friday through Sunday for us over at vsin.com but I'm back now article Monday through Saturday podcast Monday through Friday here on Vsin daily baseball bets before I dig into the eight-game Monday card and some other league-wide happenings, a few housekeeping things to take care of. First, our NFL betting guide coming out June 29th over at vcin.com. If you're not a subscriber, now would be the time to do it. NFL guide comes out the end of this month. College football guide coming out the first week of August. So very much looking forward to those two publications. We'll have you covered from wall to wall with the NFL and college football. So check that out over at vcin.com. Check out our subscription options, vcin.com slash subscribe. Also, keep in mind, you get 10 free page views if you're not a subscriber. So you can check out the content that we do have going on, including my article and also our NBA and NHL finals coverage. Although, who knows? NBA could be done tonight. NHL could be done tomorrow night. So you'll be looking for that football content, and we'll have plenty of it over at vcin.com. Make sure you check out and give five-star reviews to all of our VSIN family of podcasts. We've got you covered across all of the different sports that are out there. So check those out wherever you get your podcast content. All right, a few things to catch up on here. I didn't really look at anything. I tried to use my trip to Cleveland for my buddy's wedding as a little bit of a break to get back into maybe something of a better headspace. It's been a bit of a struggle throughout May and June. For the picks here, uh, did have three winners on Wednesday in the last article and episode uh, before heading out, but it's been a struggle, so maybe it was good to get away, kind of reset a little bit. Of course, 
The downside to that is when you get back from not paying attention to too many things, you got to play some catch up. So let's play catch up together here on the show. And let's look at some injuries specifically here, some injuries that I think could be kind of significant around Major League Baseball. Obviously, the Pete Alonso one is very significant for the Mets, who offensively are a bit of a disappointment. They've had their fair share of pitching injuries, to say the least. But Alonso out at least three to four weeks here with a wrist issue. That's a big deal, having a monster year from a power production standpoint. And I've talked about this on the show before, but power really covers up a lot of offensive deficiencies. If you're able to get those three-run homers, get those two-homer games out of guys, stuff like that can really, really be a big help. And now Pete Alonso out until at least July with that wrist issue. At least that's what it looks like here so far. Just as big of an injury, I think, Jordan Alvarez. Oblique injury for him. Generally speaking, oblique injuries are going to be about a four- to six-week thing. The Astros saying that they need to wait a week before making a prognosis for Alvarez is quite concerning to me, and Dusty Baker's comments right after the injury seemed pretty ominous as well. Alvarez does so much for that offense. He's one of the few left-handed bats that they have that they can rely on. Uh, That's a really, really big deal. I don't need to tell you that since he's one of the best players in all of Major League Baseball, one of the best offensive contributors in the entire league. But that's one that, you know, if that's a four- to six-week thing, we're looking at about the All-Star break. And, you know, the Astros locked into a pretty tough division here. I mean, Texas is playing at a very, very high level with no real signs of slowing down. Houston, five games behind them. The Angels are playing quite well this season. Uh, Their rotation looks better. Their bullpen looks better. Things kind of coming together a little bit for them. I I still don't think that the Mariners are done, but it does appear that, you know, they're not going to live up to their expectations for this season. So that's quite a disappointment for me having their season win total over. looks like they're not going to get there because they have to play at a very, very high rate going forward to even have a chance. But, you know, the Astros, they're not necessarily in danger, I would say, of missing the playoffs. But, you know, not having Alvarez for a big period of time is quite substantial and also You know, I don't know because I didn't really look too much at the lines in the betting market to see if the market's kind of caught up. But, I mean, that's a player that you talk about his bat being out of the lineup, and that's probably a 25 to a 30-cent adjustment in terms of how you would price Houston in the betting markets. So uh, I didn't really look at their series, even though they were playing the Guardians. I didn't really look too much at the odds. But, you know, again, with Alvarez being out, a major correction to the Astros. Also, I think another injury that may fly under the radar a little bit here is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Now, Pasquantino is a guy who's actually gotten very unlucky on the season. BABIP around 250, low strikeout rate, high walk rate, makes really solid contact. He's had very little success on the batted balls that he's had so far this season. Still an above average offensive player on a team that doesn't have a lot of them, but an MRI coming on his shoulder I read an article this morning that he had a similar thing last year, wound up missing three weeks. We'll see if it's only three weeks this time around, but Pasquantino is a really important piece of a Royals offense that statistically I think should be better than they've been here throughout the course of the season. So we'll see how long he's out, but that's definitely an issue for the Kansas City Royals. few other ones here, Jorge Polanco's out again for the Twins, who just can't seem to stay healthy so far this season. They're clinging to a small lead over Cleveland in the American League Central, a game and a half ahead of the Guardians, who are three games under 500. Gives you an idea of how good that division is, uh, and the answer is not very. But speaking of the the Twins here, 
and you know, really the Guardians. I mean, you know, Cleveland getting Tristan McKenzie back makes a couple of starts, one good, one bad. That's a big positive for them. But for Minnesota here, you know, they've stayed pretty healthy on the pitching side for the most part so far, which has not really been their MO historically over the last few years. So Polanco goes out now, you know, a guy like Buxton's missed time, Correa's missed significant time. Uh, this is a twins team that, you know, while I think they're probably the best roster in the American League Central. A lot of injury problems for them, and that's something that will continue to be a bit of a concern. Other injuries, Akil Badu out for the Tigers. Tigers will get some rotation pieces back over the next two or three weeks, uh, but offensively, you know, they're still struggling quite a bit. Charlie Blackman out now for the Rockies, a guy who's just really playing out the string of the final year of his contract, but Colorado, a team that had lost 10 of 12 before walking off the Padres in yesterday's game. As far as some quick pitch, pitching injuries go, Noah Syndergaard on the IL with a blister. Graham Ashcraft of the Reds out with a calf issue. Josh Fleming could be done for the year for Tampa Bay. Uh, an elbow issue for him got transferred to the 60-day IL, along with Drew Rasmussen already being there, Jeffrey Springs being there as well. So the Rays, a lot of injury attrition for them on the pitching side. A couple of relievers here, Liam Hendricks of the White Sox, his elbow barking, coming back from cancer, maybe came back a little bit too fast on uh, then Ben Joyce for the angels guy who throws one Oh three plus really, really high upside in that angels bullpen. And their bullpen has been much better than I expected uh, throughout the course of the season here. But Joyce now sidelined uh, with an elbow issue of his own. So important to try to keep up on those things. And as I said, I'm just playing catch up here on today's show and figured I'd share some of that information with you along with another Jason Collette tweet, and I embedded this in the article over at vcin.com so you can get a visual look at it. But a couple of interesting things that stood out with his comparison of this offensive statistics from May to June, where the batting average is down seven points, home run to fly ball percentage down 1.2%, strikeout percentage is up across the league, and that is exclusively due to a starting pitching increase in K percentage, and as Jason mentioned in his tweet, starting pitcher ERA down from 438 to 417 here in the month of June. Obviously, we do have some injuries and some big ones at that, and the home run to fly ball percentage may continue to hurt with guys like Alvarez and Alonso on the shelf. Those are two of the game's most prolific power hitters, so that's not necessarily that big of a surprise if it goes if it continues going forward, but the fact that it's warmed up and the ball doesn't seem to be carrying as well. The home run to contact percentage is down. The barrel rate is actually up slightly, yet the home run to fly ball percentage is down. That's not what you would have expected as the weather warmed up here for the month of June. So this is something that merits watching. Now, of course, it is still you know a sample size that was nine days into the month of June. So you know, you've got different park factors and things like that coming into the equation. But it was surprising to me to see home runs down in the month of June here so far relative to where they were in May because the early parts of May are still cold in the Midwest, the Northeast, places like that. In June, you know, we're starting to get a lot of the 70 and 80 degree temperatures. Typically, that leads to a boost in offense, but I haven't really seen that in the month of June here so far. So we'll see if that's a trend that continues or not. But of course, again, when you take away two prolific power hitters, you know, you are going to see a little bit of a decrease. So the thing about Jason Collett's tweet with the sample size of the first nine days doesn't really include a lot of Alonso and Alvarez being out the last couple of days does. And then going forward, it'll be the same thing as well. 
So this is something that merits watching where, you know, the baseball plays differently every single year. Let's see if this is about the baseball, if it's about the personnel, if it's about something else, I don't know. But for the home run to fly ball percentage to be, you know, very, very low here in the month of June is is strange to say the least. I think it's very, very strange. And as I look at an updated number through Saturday and Sunday through the weekend here, we are looking at a home run to fly ball percentage of 11.6% in June. So that's not really something that we're necessarily used to seeing. And that is something that I think we need to watch very, very closely because again, you know, while we are seeing more base runners because of the lack of the shift and things of that sort, you know, still, I mean, power is what really drives the bus, I think, at the end of the day. And seeing a big decrease in offensive power, specifically with the long ball, that's an interesting development as the weather has warmed up. Coming up on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets, a look at the eight game card for Monday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, we're back here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bats. Again, please make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Five-star reviews, very, very much appreciated here on the program. And as I mentioned, only eight games here for Monday. So just about half of the league's teams getting a day off. I know there's some travel days out there and things like that. Two games in the National League, two in the American League, and four interleague games. We start in the National League. Logan Webb and Matthew Liberator. This is the Giants and the Cardinals. and you know, for Liberatore, I feel really bad for him because the, the Cardinals have really uh, jerked him around this season. I mean, the 23-year-old 
He's gone, you know, a long time between starts at times. He had a random one inning relief appearance, kind of a mess overall with how the Cardinals have handled him. And not surprisingly, over his last two starts, he's given up nine runs in nine innings. Eight of them earned on 12 hits, only four strikeouts, four walks, not getting lots of swings and misses. The Guardians in the first of those two starts, the Rangers in the second. So one elite lineup and one uh, non-elite lineup there. But those two starts came 11 days apart. This start today, at least on regular minor league rest, the minor leagues every Monday is an off day. So the guys pitch on five days worth of rest. So this is a regular turn in the rotation for Libertor against the Giants. The Giants throughout the course of the season have been pretty bad against lefties. However, they're up to 22nd in weighted on base average, middle of the pack in batting average, despite a strikeout percentage over 26%. They don't walk in this split, but they're starting to hit for more power off of lefties. So the Giants, not necessarily a straight fade against Southpaws anymore. Logan Webb struggled a little bit here in his last start, but that was at Coors Field. You kind of draw a line through those. Over his last 60 and two-thirds innings pitch, 237 ERA, 321 FIP, struggled in his first four starts, gave up four runs in each of them. 13 of those were earned. Since then, he's been really, really good. So. Giants deserving of the road favorite role here behind Logan Webb. But to me, the biggest thing is looking at Liberator. And if he struggles again, pitching on regular rest, that'll be a bit of a red flag for me. So keeping an eye on this one, no play on this game, but keeping an eye on Liberator to see how he does on a regular turn. The Phillies and the Diamondbacks here. This line, pretty much a coin flip out there in the marketplace. Matt Strom getting the call for the Phillies. Tommy Henry making the start for the Diamondbacks. So a couple of left-handed starters for this one, but this is a full-on bullpen game for the Phillies. So we'll see how far Strom goes. They have Andrew Vasquez as a guy who hasn't pitched in a while. He could be maybe a two-inning guy, one of the best sliders in baseball, according to the pitch run values over at StatCast, BaseballSavant.com. Dylan Covey is available. Jeff Hoffman also available here. Uh, Not a great appearance for Strom last time out. Gave up three runs on two hits, both of them home runs to the Dodgers. But, you know, look, this is just such a challenging handicap because you're going to have a Johnny Holstaff game for the Phillies. They'll probably use six or seven different guys in this one if it goes the full nine. Craig Kimbrell, Jose Alvarado, Sir Anthony Dominguez, and Gregory Soto all pitched yesterday. Alvarado's actually just three days removed from being on the injured list. So I don't think the Phillies are in great shape here. But at the same time, Tommy Henry is just not a guy I like for the Diamondbacks. Pitch to contact guy, 437 ERA, 576 FIP. He's done a really good job avoiding hard contact, 32.6% hard hit percentage. But still, I mean, you're so subjected to batted ball luck and things like that, sequencing luck as a pitch to contact guy. There just aren't enough swings and misses in the profile for me. So no play in this one. I think it may catch some people off guard to see the Diamondbacks. You know, it's basically a coin flip against the Phillies here, but I think that kind of speaks to Henry and sort of the market perception of him. We move to the junior circuit here. Tyler Anderson and Dane Dunning in this one. Angels and the Rangers. Dunning, a $1.55 favorite. Total nine and a half or 10, depending on where you look. The roof is closed down in Arlington, and that will be the case more often than not with the hot weather, thunderstorm chances, humidity, all those types of things down in the Lone Star State at this point in time. Anderson, 562 ERA, 504 expected ERA, 514 FIP. Went on a nice little run 
for a five-start stretch. It took up about three weeks or so. But over his last two starts, Tyler Anderson's given up 10 runs on 11 hits over his last nine innings. And, you know, look, this is another pitch-to-contact guy where he's very subjected to batted ball luck. Probably won't have too much of it against the Rangers. They're third in weighted on base average against lefties at 358. Also, almost a double-digit walk rate. That's sixth in the league, 9.9%. Anderson is a guy that doesn't really have the greatest of control or command. So, gave some thought to the Rangers here, laying the big price today. But Dane Dunning, there's some regression signs in the profile for him, and they've started showing up a little bit here. 252 ERA, but a 372 FIP. Hadn't given up a home run on the season until he gave up three of them last time out against the Cardinals. Dunning's allowed seven runs on 14 hits over his last two starts. Only one strikeout last time out and 27 batters faced. Hard hit percentage is on the rise here. Barrel percentage on the rise as well. Angels a top 10 offense against lefties. So maybe the play in this game would have been the over. Uh, Not something that I wanted to line up with with a double-digit total of 10. But this is one where Anderson is struggling again, and Dunning is also struggling. So couldn't lay the price with the Rangers. Uh, The Angels, as I mentioned at the top, playing better than I anticipated. And again, the Rangers are a negative regression candidate because of their performance with runners in scoring position, having a batting average so much higher than anybody else, still waiting for that to level off. And I think at some point it will. Um, So I don't really want to lay too many prices with the Rangers right now, but we'll see what they do against Anderson in the only division game for today. Rays and the A's. I don't know, maybe A's fans wish I would have stayed away because Oakland's won five in a row here. Will be tough to make it to six, however, is this one Zach Eflin and James Caprellian out at the Coliseum. Tomorrow is the reverse boycott at the Coliseum, so they may actually have fans in the stands for that game. I don't know that they will here tonight. But Eflin, 297 ERA, 282 expected ERA, 330 FIP in 66 and two-thirds innings pitched, 54% ground ball rate. Outside of hitting the injured list early in the season, Eflin has been phenomenal. And the A's, despite the fact that they've rattled off five in a row here, they swing and miss a ton. So this is a game where Eflin, probably a lot of strikeouts, a lot of ground balls, very low offensive projection for Oakland in this game. Caprellian, 721 ERA, 556 expected ERA. However, since getting recalled on May 13th, 390 ERA, 432 FIP, and 27 and two-thirds. Been pretty good in that span, but Rays are anywhere from minus 250 to minus 270 out there in the marketplace. Total is eight and a half for this game. Not much reason to get involved. I mean, even the Rays on the run line, you got to lay about $1.60 for that one. So no real line equity in this game, I don't think, but Hey, kudos to the A's who are uh, catching up to the Royals for the worst record in Major League Baseball race. The Braves and the Tigers. This line is not posted anywhere except for DraftKings with the Braves. Minus 225 favorite in this one. This will be a Johnny Holstaff approach for Detroit, a full-on bullpen game. The problem is they used six relievers yesterday, blew a lead against the Diamondbacks. Just an awful performance from the Detroit bullpen. They are winless in the month of June. They have not won a game in the month of June here. They've dropped nine in a row. A big mess for this Detroit team right now, to say the least. They did get Kerry Carpenter back, so that should help the offense a little bit. But look, the biggest thing for them, and I want to mention this quickly here, in case you're looking at you know in-season 
season win totals, things of that sort. Uh, so, look, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Tigers are going to be a good team as we go throughout the rest of the season. However, Tarek Skubal is on a rehab assignment. He'll be back soon. Matt Manning, also on a rehab assignment. He'll be back soon. I don't know how long Eduardo Rodriguez will be out. Casey Mize is probably out for the rest of the year coming back from Tommy John. Hopefully, Alex Fiedo comes back soon. But the Tigers will at least get Manning and Skubal back here in probably the next two to three weeks, two to four weeks, something like that. This is a better baseball team than they've played of late. They were 26 and 28 and knocking on the door of the AL Central lead before running into this nine-game losing streak. Just a war of attrition for them. They're not a good enough or deep enough team to withstand a lot of injuries. They legitimately have like a middle-of-the-road MLB rotation on the injured list right now. As those guys start to come back, this team will get better. So not ready to do anything quite yet with the Tigers, but I think give it a week or so. And if you're looking at those in-season, season win total markets, something like that, I think this is a team that could be 500-ish in the second half of the year. They just need to get some pitching back. So that's something to keep an eye on with the Braves or with the Tigers, excuse me. As far as the Braves go, Charlie Morton goes today. Uh, The Tigers strike out a lot. Not really much more to say other than that. One other game I don't have action on here. I thought about it, though. The Reds and the Royals out at Kauffman Stadium. Luke Weaver, Zach Granke, former teammates on the 2019 Diamondbacks, now adversaries here in this game. Royals a slight favorite out there in the marketplace, total of eight and a half. The Royals being a slight favorite really speaks to what the market perception is of Luke Weaver because these are two teams going in very, very different directions. The Reds calling up Ellie De La Cruz. Matt McClain is up. Spencer Steer's been up all year long. Uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand will not be far behind. This Reds team is very, very exciting to watch now. The Royals are not. The Royals are really struggling through this rebuild, to say the least. And they're terrible against righties. 288 Woba. They're tied for last with the Tigers in terms of WRC+. So you would think that this is a chance for Weaver to maybe have a decent start. 627 ERA, though, a four or a 545 FIP over his nine starts. This is his first start against a really, really pathetic offense against righties. So maybe he performs a little bit better here. But the thing about Zach Granke, and the reason why I think the Royals are favored here, there is some recency bias in the betting markets when it comes to baseball, as there should be, because it's a game of adjustments. The full season body of work maybe doesn't matter as much as what a guy's done recently. So even though Granke comes in with a 459 ERA and a 437 FIP, over his last seven starts, 328 ERA and a 350 FIP. So I think that's why the Royals are favored here, despite the fact that they are missing Pasquantino. Their offense is pathetic. Their bullpen is not particularly good either. Granke's been good here of late, and Weaver just hasn't been good at all. So the Royals, you know, this is one of those lines that shows you the importance of the starting pitcher because there aren't really a lot of redeeming reasons to bet on the Royals or reasons why they should be a favorite. But Weaver is a guy that the market dislikes so much. And Granke is a guy pitching so well here of late that we see the Royals as a favorite. So I really thought about taking the Reds, thinking that this is a decent spot for Weaver. The thing that probably kept me away, Alexis Diaz and Lucas Sims have worked back-to-back days for the Reds. So even though they have, in my estimation, a better bullpen than Kansas City, the Reds' top two relievers have worked back-to-back days. 
the data is out there. Guys working three straight days are not nearly as effective. So I wound up staying off of this one, but I am curious to see if Weaver can have some success in a matchup where he probably should. All right, the two plays that I've got here for today, we go to Fenway Park. It's the Rockies and the Red Sox. And again, people are probably cringing at my uh, Boston accent attempt there. I am uh, I am no Matt Damon. I'm no Ben Affleck when it comes to the Boston accent. But you got Connor Siebold, former Red Sox, in this one, taking on James Paxton. Anywhere from minus 230 to minus 260 out there in the marketplace. Total of 9.5. There's a Rogue 10 out there at DraftKings as well. Siebold had a 10.55 ERA in his six starts for the Red Sox, so he wound up now in Colorado. 5.10 ERA, 4.29 XERA, 5.12 FIP, and 47 and two-thirds. However, as a starter, Siebold with a 5.03 ERA, 5.71 FIP, and 34 innings pitched. Ugly strikeout-to-walk ratio, and, and this is ultimately the problem to me with, with Siebold, is that he allows a lot of contact, and... It doesn't work at Coors Field, and it doesn't work at Fenway Park either. So it's not the kind of place where you want to be a pitch-to-contact starter, and that's what Siebold is. And again, if you look at the overall numbers for Boston, I mean, offensively, they've struggled here over the last few weeks, but this will be just their second homestand since May 17th. They've played a lot of games on the road. Their offense just hasn't been as good on the road, and understandably so. I mean, Fenway Park is the best hitters park in baseball, not named Coors Field. So with Boston back at home, not facing good pitching teams like the Rays and the Yankees and stuff like that, they should be able to get the bats going here in this series against the Rockies before welcoming the Yankees to Fenway Park later in the week. But the other thing I like about this game, James Paxton, 36 strikeouts and 26 innings of work, 14.6% swinging strike percentage. He's missing a ton of bats. And the Rockies are 30th in Woba on the season and 30th in WRC plus against lefties. So they are not a good offense against lefties at all. They have a 28% strikeout percentage against lefties on the road. Only the Brewers have a lower road Woba against lefties than Colorado. Paxton's strikeout prop is up there at seven and a half. But this Rockies team, they had dropped six in a row in 10 of 12 before winning yesterday. 16 of their 11 or 21 road losses are on the run line. They're only scoring 3.7 runs per game. Paxton has a great matchup. Siebold doesn't. Laid the Red Sox run line. Don't love to do this with home teams because they may only bat eight times, but I think the Red Sox win this game running away where Paxton should be really, really good, and I would expect Siebold to struggle here with that Boston offense eager to get back home. So Red Sox on the run line, minus one and a half, minus 120, the first of today's two plays. And the second, another interleague matchup, the Marlins and the Mariners out at T-Mobile Park. Jesus Lazardo and Bryce Miller in this one. And for Bryce Miller, his first five starts were exceptional. His last two starts have not been. He's given up 15 runs on 19 hits over his last seven innings pitched against the Yankees and the Rangers. A few extra days. He's pitching on, I believe, seven or eight days rest here today. Uh, so he's had some extra time to maybe make some adjustments and figure some things out. But here's the thing. Except for his two starts against Oakland, Miller's had single-digit swinging strike percentages, and we've seen that lack of swing and miss come to the forefront here. The thing about major league hitters is that it doesn't matter how good a pitcher is. If he's not generating swings and misses and doesn't have great fastball command, they're going to get after him, and Miller has not had good fastball command over his last two starts. 
Now, are the Marlins, the Yankees, or the Rangers offensively? Absolutely not. They don't have nearly the same amount of power. However, this Marlins team is quite a bit better than I expected coming into the season. And in fact, while early on in the year, they got very lucky in terms of their one-run record and all these kinds of things, this offense has just simply been better than I expected it to be. And I don't know if it's the culture under Skip Schumacher or what it is, but this team is just performing at a very, very high level right now. And I would expect that they're able to get to Miller a little bit here. They make a lot of contact. They don't swing and miss a lot. Miller already doesn't get a whole lot of swing and miss. So I think the Marlins offense is in decent shape here against Miller. And Jesus Lazardo is a guy that is left-handed, and the Mariners have been bad against lefties this year. 25th in Woba. They have a 26.7% strikeout percentage. They're 28th in Woba at home against lefties, but the park factor is so bad, they're actually considered a league average offense. But still, you know, they swing and miss a ton. And Lazardo is a guy that gets a lot of swings and misses. And the other thing here about Miller, in his five starts not against Oakland, he's allowed a 44.3% hard hit percentage. So he padded his numbers twice against Oakland, had a good start against Detroit as well. Competent lineups have hit him. And I think the Marlins, while their overall numbers aren't great, I think they're a competent lineup. So I like the Marlins here. At even money, you can find a little bit better out there if you shop around, plus 104, plus 108, stuff like that. But I like the Marlins today at even money over the Mariners. And I also like Boston on the run line, minus one and a half, minus 120. Good to be back here on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'll be back again on Tuesday with another edition of the podcast. So please rate, review, subscribe. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I'll be back again tomorrow with another edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.